0: Hey, everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today, I'm so excited to welcome back my friend, Dr. Tanya Gilbert, uh, to the podcast. It is Mental Health Awareness Month May, even though I think every month is Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, just as a person who prioritizes and centers my mental health in my life. Um, If you look, I I say this in the episode, but I'm going to just say it now to highlight it um, you really know someone's priorities by looking at their calendar and looking at their budget, because that shows you where people are actually putting their resources, right? Time and money. Those are kind of our two big ones in capitalism. And, um, and I really have found that the more I center my mental wellness and the more I center that it, everything falls into place. My physical health, um, my just experience of life is better. And I just want to encourage people to really use this time as a way of, Figuring out what does mental health look like for you? What does it feel like for you? What experience of life helps you understand, okay, I'm in a good space. What does that even mean? I might, I would suggest sit down and write it out and just really explore and be honest with yourself. That's the most important and scariest risk of all is really just having the bravery to be honest with yourself about how you're doing and what you need. Um, I think we're really socialized. This is an ongoing theme of this podcast, but we're very socialized to prioritize other people's ideas for what is success in our lives. And I want to encourage you to define it for yourself, figure out what it means for you um, and uh, live that best life for you. And it doesn't have to be the same as everybody else. I think uh, Tanya and I do a great job in this episode, just kind of exploring uh, what can help mental health and how you can deal with mental health before it becomes a crisis. But then also, of course, when it does become a crisis. Uh, And I hope this is helpful for you and gives you some good tools I also highly suggest you go back and listen to episode 38 with me and Dr. Tanya, where we talk about how we met, and uh, she has some great stories of being queer in the early 80s, and just, uh, I love her life story, and in this episode, we also talk about the latest sort of iteration in her journey, uh, which is getting an RV, Um, and it's so much fun to have someone tell you a dream of theirs, and then actually see them. Come through and have the universe just fall together the way it is meant to. So, I hope you enjoy this episode. And before we set up with Dr. Tanya, I just want to tell you the best way to support this podcast is through my Patreon page. Patreon, P A T R E O N, is a membership website that allows folks like you to support creators like me who create work that's of value to you. So, if you value this podcast, if you value my YouTube channel, um, my blog, uh, my Instagram, all the things I create is because I'm supported by. patreon on my patreon page you get access to so much exclusive content first and foremost my aerobics class fat kid dance party which is for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness if you've ever been called too fat too much or felt too awkward to dance this is the supportive class for you i have a membership uh, that includes uploaded videos so you get access to videos i record in the forest doing aerobics with you i used to record them when i was on tour But since I don't go on tour and teach live classes anymore in person, we're doing it in the woods. And it's really beautiful. And I love getting to bring the outdoors to you wherever you are. There's always a 10-minute, a 20-minute, two 55-minute classes, a modeled chair class. So it's just aerobics in a chair. And a 45-minute canna-size class, which is slower, more repetitive choreography. use with an optional cannabis experience so if that sounds like it's valuable to you that whole membership is 25 bucks a month on the patreon page Um, but for as little as two bucks a month you can get access to all of my zoom aerobics classes i teach on zoom on saturdays um, and i'm also adding another class uh, for a different time for folks who are maybe in australia um, and that'll happen monthly so be on the lookout for that so that is all through patreon.com fkdp and also at that $2 level you get access to spiritual self-care practices so that um it's it's a teaching i'm doing once a month where i'm talking through some of the most essential spiritual practices that are part of my self-care and the things that kind of help me um kind of live this thing called life i really um one of my students at zoom class dominique is a pastor and uh was talking about she's doing a mental health awareness month um Uh, weekend around faith and mental health. And I will say that my spirituality has very much improved and helped my mental health because a lot of, I mean, Tanya talks about this in the episode, but a lot of anxiety is about the uncertainty of what's happening and faith really helps me release a need for certainty uh that it has been so potent and helpful in my life because as life continues to unfold it gets wackier and wackier. <laughs> so uh anyway, I hope that helps and I hope uh you find some resources there. So it's patreon.com slash fkdp fat kid dance party is what it stands for. Um and I love doing this work. I love getting to share this podcast and I love getting to share my friends with you. My friends are so full of great wisdom. They really live all walks of life. And I think it really shows what's possible um, to be a happy adult and really creating a life for you that's worth living. And I think that's something that we miss so much growing up is that we're busy creating lives that other people want us to to live or that is worth them living right but usually it's just people teaching us what they were taught and not really examining that so i'm glad you're here i hope you curl up on the metaphorical porch in a nice little wicker furniture and pull up your favorite childhood blanket and tuck in and get to know tanya gilbert dr tanya gilbert welcome back to the podcast Hey, Yay! I'm so excited to have you back. Of course, we have to start with your nails. Please show us your nails. Bling, um, can you see them? This is like, they're so beautiful. They're so blingy. Um, I love, this is my favorite thing about you. My memories of you always involve how good your nails are because they're just always great. Um, and if you go to episode 38 of my podcast, you can hear how we met. And Dr. Tanya Gilbert's amazing backstory, you got to listen to it. Mm -hmm. But today we're gonna talk about mental health, um, starting with business in the front. I always like to start business in the front and just hear more about what you do, what you offer and how folks can work with you um, in the world.
1: Okay, that could take a whole episode in itself, but I'm gonna sum it up for you. I am, um, I'm so many things. I am a mental health therapist, and I am a life coach. That's what I do. That's what I work. I have a doctorate degree in clinical psychology, so I do psychotherapy, and I do life coaching. They are distinctly different. However, folks sometimes don't understand where the line is because it can seem a little blurred, but I do both. Psychotherapy deals with the past, what has happened in your past, and how it may have helped you develop some maladaptive behavior in your life and how you're functioning in your life. On the other hand, life coaching deals with right here, right now. Where are you right now and where are you trying to go? So it has less uh, diving deep into what may be traumatic events or things like that. However, if you are working with a particular type of life coach, like myself, that's degreed as, you know, a psychotherapist, I have a doctorate in clinical psychology, then I'm able to take you into those places that may have contributed to you getting where you are. So when you work with me, you get a little bit of both. You get some psychotherapy and you get a lot of life coaching. I that's why I'm a transformational life coach because it kind of goes hand in hand because I try to help people transform from where they are to where they're trying to go. And I try to give them the tools to maintain once they get there, you know? So it's a constant movement in their life. You can find me on all social media as Dr. Tanya Gilbert. You can go to my website, Dr. Tanya Gilbert. I'm very consistent in how to find me because... When you need help, when somebody need help, you don't want to have to go through a lot to get it because sometimes all you have is that little spark of energy that will let you reach out to somebody somewhere. So I try to make myself really accessible um, to people. And so anyone that reach out to me, if I don't have what you're looking for, I have resources. I also do that. I have resources that you may find what you're looking for. As long as you reach out, someone can help you. And it's really important. And Bevan, thank you for doing this today um, because May is Mental Health Month. But it's just to be aware of mental health. They use May for that. But it's so important to just recognize when you do need something. So yes, um, I work with a private practice. It's called Conscious Connection Psychology Group. And that's where I do my psychotherapy. And then I work with myself as Dr. Tanya Gilbert for change as a life coach. Okay. And that's where I am.
0: That's fantastic. Um, I know that a lot of people are probably listening to this in the future. Hello, future. Um, Mm -hmm. But also for anyone who's listening to it right now who can come to your event or the event that you're presenting at on May 27th, you want to just give a little overview of what that is?
1: Um, Yes, and hopefully you will post something somewhere where folks can get to it, but you can find it on Eventbrite. It's going to be next week, Thursday, a week from today, on May 27th, is at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and I'm working in collaboration with... um, organization called mental happy and it's an in app resource that's the amazing thing it's not like other things it's an in app resource so it's on the internet but with that resources we provide support groups and you can connect with an individual for individual um um group or individual coaching or whatever you may be looking for. There's all kind of helping folks there. And the other thing that's really important, almost all of the, the services are peer led. So you're not getting connected to somebody that's trying to analyze you, but you're getting connected with somebody that will support you. It's called mental happy. Uh, you can Google that it's an app. And then once you get on the app, It's a yearly subscription, which is very reasonable price, something like $10 for the year. But with the subscription, you can get um, so many services. But if you want something specific for yourself, you get to go through the list of resources and see what's there and then uh, find something else that may be even more affordable for you. So um, you can check that out. But my event is May 27th. It's a nationwide and international discussion. I'm going to be talking to folks just like I'm talking right now. And what I'm going to do is have a discussion about the connection between depression, anxiety, anger, and self-esteem. How they're all interconnected and interrelated. And what um, some approaches do separate it out, but it's one thing affects the other thing. And it, it, and anxiety and anger and self-esteem and depression are all responses to whatever challenges that we're dealing with. So I'll be having that discussion. When you leave that discussion, and I say discussion because there will be an opportunity for participants to talk, you know, talk to me, to ask questions. We'll have question and answer, and they can talk among each other. It's going to be a really amazing event, and it's free. It is free. So you go to um, Eventbrite, and you can look up Mental Happy and find the event. Or you can look up Dr. Tanya Gilbert and you can find the event. But you must register. It is limited space. And we're almost full. So if somebody's interested, I hope they will go there and, and check it out. Okay?
0: Awesome. Okay. I'll put the link in the notes um, mm-hmm. of the podcast and on the YouTube video so folks can go find it. Um, and I'm just excited that you're doing that work. I love um, I got to do an event a couple years ago for Mental Health Awareness Month, and I just mm-hmm. love that this is a thing that is getting momentum and that every mm-hmm. year people are doing more and more to acknowledge the importance of our mental health practices and mm-hmm. the quality mm-hmm. of life.
1: And another thing that's really important, we have, we're now coming out of, or I call it the unfolding of what we've been going through for the last year, year and a half, that put us all either on our backs or on our feet. Mm. And that's why I look at it. It even knocked you down or it made you stand up. You know, again, it's not what happens to you, it's how you respond to whatever it is that may happen to you. And so I think with the pandemic, um, I mean, there was several pandemics, not just with, you know, COVID, there were so many other social things that occurred and unfolded at the same time. And now we're coming out on the other end and folks are realizing that they may need some added support. So I just want to highlight, you may not know what you need, but it's important to respond to yourself, realizing that you need something, you know, to your loved ones, realizing they may need something. And if folks are not sure what they need, I wrote this little pamphlet here. It's only 30 pages and you can go and get it. on Amazon and if there's any of your listeners that are listening right now within mental health month uh, 2021 if they reach out I will send them a free copy
0: So it's a book like, it's, uh, it's called feeling stuck don't ask a friend hire a life coach life coaching made simple and it's got this beautiful picture of Dr. Tanya Gilbert on the cover just for anyone who's listening to the podcast and not watching it on YouTube okay um,
1: and the reason that I bring it up because it is all just me. It tells you what psychotherapy is. It tells you what life coaching is. It gives you the signs and symptoms. If you're having something going on, what you may need, life coaching or therapy. It also gives some interventions, some things that you can do to help yourself while you figure it out. And it also provides you with the outline of how to select the therapist and or the life coach. It's got you some pre and post questions of what you can ask the therapist and or the life coach. And it's got things that when you have that first session, you can go back and review to see if your needs were met or if you need to go to the next level. So it's a small book, but it's really important.
0: Yeah, what a great tool too, because I think so many folks who haven't had help before or haven't had the right help before kind of could really benefit from knowing the questions to ask just to because I think so few people really trust themselves and trust their Mm -hmm. own intuition that it's actually helpful to have like just a hand to hold even if it's virtual or through a book like to know okay I can ask these questions because really a lot of our work in becoming an adult and learning ourselves is learning how to navigate outside of the systems that we're taught. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: taught to see the world in just one way with one worldview and without nuance, which, I mean, the actuality of the world is it's all nuance. It's all a gray area. It's mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. What works for one person might not work for another. So if you have the right questions to ask and have those tools, like it's really just developing tools to live uh, mm-hmm. the best quality of life that you can, I think is what the work of mental health is. It um, is. Yeah. So tell me, some tools that can help folks who are going through a rough time or practices or, or kind of, you know, what, what would you suggest to people who want to kind of take more charge
1: of their mental health? Well, the first step to for anyone, and it doesn't matter if you need to see a psychotherapist, a psychoanalyst, a life coach, uh, uh, an accountability coach, you know, whatever it is that a person may be dealing with. The first thing is to remove your internalized stigma, mm. internalized stigma, you know, because we live in a world that judges you on everything you do, everything. And so if you feel like you're not coming up and reaching the bar that's been set, it's an invisible bar because it always moves, okay? And if you feel like somehow you're not meeting the bar and somebody's gonna judge you, then you have a tendency to not let somebody help you. You have a tendency not to help yourself because you're afraid that if you say that you're experiencing something, now that's another against you, you know, because you're not quite feeling adequate. So the first thing and the most important thing is to get out of your own way. If something is going on with you, say something about it. If you buy a pair of shoes and they're too tight, you're going to say, oh, these shoes too tight. They hurt my feet. You know, now a person will say, well, why did you buy them too small? And then you got an answer. But you won't do that when it comes to your mental health, because you think that somebody is going to just. I mean just judge you in in ways that you can never recover from and i'm saying if you don't speak up you're gonna start living in ways that you may not recover from so get out of your own way let go of the internalized stigma also use the resources that you have available just like i just showed you the book that i have i'm not the only one that have a book there are so many books and things that's out here you know for self-help go there pick up a book and, and see if you see yourself in those pages and if you do try to you know work with some of whatever that book may be offering get on the internet and 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 google how you are feeling if you're feeling sad just google sad feeling sad you'll see what comes the other things i think Bevin is so important when we see ourselves or somebody else when we see ourselves or somebody else struggling we will say oh wow something's going on they need some help or i think i need some help but you know what's the the most damaging is the invisible struggle the invisible struggle you know um I have chronic health problems, you know, I'm disabled. But when a person look at me, they say, oh, she don't look like she's been sick a day in her life. And I might get up and I can't even move, you know, but I have, you know, more like invisible disability. So people don't see it. Mental health is the same way. When you see a person where they're now downtrodden and looking like, they're confused or, you know, psychotic, or they don't want to eat, they don't want to dress, they can't get up and do anything, or they have so much anxiety, it's like they're just jumping around, you know, having a nervous breakdown, then you know something is wrong. But you have those folks out there, including yourselves, that feel maybe sadder than you normally feel, or more anxious than you normally feel um there's something that's going on that's changing but you ignore it and other people ignore it too because you might be smiling you know what they say a smile is just a frown turn upside down you remember that song oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh that's true it is so true so we mask we wear a lot of masks you know we show up with faces that doesn't represent was really going on so pay attention to more than just the smile pay attention to more than just this person dresses nice you know or you know whatever the things may be on the surface if you start paying attention to yourself and to people then you will start really seeing yourself and seeing those people that's the time to reach out and get some help. That's the time because mental health don't have to be just when you are broke down. Mental health, help, support can keep you from breaking down.
0: Yes, absolutely. Normalized going to therapy, like going to the gym is the weekly practice for me. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself ever not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's helped me even just, I mean, I started therapy in this most recent round because I was having like, I, it was even before I actually really had a mental health collapse, but the, the support I had through that mm-hmm. and then building myself back up. And now whenever mm-hmm. hard things come up, I have someone to talk about it with. And I have like, I even put in my calendar for my session with my therapist every week, like the things that come up that I know I want to just flesh through mm-hmm. and for, mm-hmm. so I'm not like stewing. It, mm-hmm. It's just like, as soon as it comes up in my brain, I take it out of my brain, put it in the calendar and then give it to my therapist to help me figure it out to just kind of integrate. Cause like, as you're an adult and especially, I think most of us, I probably most people watching this have experienced trauma in their lives um, and grown up with some level of uh, traumatic experiences. And that stuff is a lifetime of healing that you're going to do. And like, when I stopped thinking of healing as like an event and started thinking of it as a forever process. And that to me was like, of course, therapy is like, Or therapy coaching whatever you want to do I do I technically do coaching because my therapist I moved out of state so um, but you know what I mean like just having someone who's supporting me in that journey um, helps me not get to those low low lows so that I can like maintain the best quality of life I can which is like only through heavy support for my mental wellness
1: so and you know I want to bring that what you just said everybody out there have experienced some trauma, right? Mm You're going to have the folks that sit out and say, oh, no, I've never had any trauma. I've never, you know, I know people that had trauma, but I don't have any trauma. Everybody has... That are traumatized. Um, I help them identify if they've been traumatized, you know, through uh, being vicarious trauma. You know, so I do a lot of trauma-informed education because trauma is everywhere. You know, the, we talk about the police, we talk about the fireman the postman, the 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 worker in the store. Not just because of COVID, but because we deal with the public, and the public, there's a lot of trauma. So we kind of look at those things and push it to the side as if it's not important. Then you start wondering why you're walking down the street looking behind your back, and nothing ever happened to you, but you are responding to somebody else's story somebody else's energy, somebody else's trauma. So we've all had some type of traumatic experience in our lives, unless of course you live somewhere there's nobody else. Okay. So I just want to put that out there. The other thing I want to piggyback on what you said, Bevan, is how you put therapy or coaching in your schedule as an ongoing process. Is this just like self-care you go to the gym mm-hmm. and I said those exact words this morning to someone I was speaking to um that was a client of mine before and they don't have insurance now and they want to come back you know and I'm like okay well I can work with you I try to work within anybody's you know uh status uh income you know because this is really important that you have this And that person said to me, well, you know, I've been saving my money and I'm doing this. I've been being really frugal (laughs) with my money. So I don't know if I'm going to have money for therapy because, you know, I've cut off things like coffee and, you know, this and I'm trying to pay my car note and I'm trying to pay my gym membership. And I stopped him and I say, look, this is just like your note. this is just like your gym membership. This is just like your utility bill. You know, you put it as a utility bill. You Mm -hmm. cannot get frugal with your mental health because being frugal with your mental health, you're gonna be frugal in how you're interacting and responding. You're gonna only get out what you put in. And so I had to have that conversation with him that this is not like stop going to Starbucks you know, and stop eating out. This is something that's as important as your day-to-day utilities, rent, mortgage, car notes, insurance. This is still on the same level as as all all of that. So that's really important.
0: If you can't enjoy a ride in that car that you're spending money, you're you're spending uh, the debt on the car note, like if you can't enjoy it because your mental health is so out of whack, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I think it's worth it to I mean, I don't go to Starbucks and mm-hmm. I spend I, I don't know what percent I think it's twenty percent of what I make it goes towards directly towards my mental health care. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a really mm-hmm. big percent of my income because it is mm-hmm. so important to me to mm-hmm. maintain my enjoyment and appreciation of life so I can bring the best of me to all that I do. Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly. So that has to be highlighted. You know, and you say give people pointers is that's one of the other things that's really important. You can't afford not to afford mental health care. Again, Mm -hmm. there is a, a wide spectrum of mental health services available there's a wide spectrum of therapists and coaches available, and there is somebody somewhere that can fit within what it is that you can afford. even if you can't afford individual uh, sessions, you could do group. Mm-hmm. group sessions are you know less expensive. It, you can even go to just like what I'm speaking of, the mental happy you know app. It's an in-app resource. So if you can only afford that $10 for the year, at least you can show up there and see the strategies that they're offering every month and, you know, try to do something until you can do something different. But your mental health is a necessity. It's a needed expense. It's not something that is not disposable. Your mental health is just not disposable.
0: No. And it's like, also super important to remember that, like, you're also spending your time resource. So even if like, you know, you're spending $10 on an app for a year, but mm-hmm. like, you also need to show up, like part of mm-hmm. doing it is just showing up and doing the work and doing the reps, especially, I think it's the most important that I go to therapy on the days. I don't feel like it. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Like, cause you just have to show up and you got to show up for yourself and do the reps, mm-hmm. just like going to the gym. So that he mm-hmm. mental health in my experience, every time I let that ball drop, it's like glass and it takes a Mm -hmm. while to put it all back together. And I'd rather keep it like, just continue to to handle it and spend my Mm -hmm. time and resources on maintaining my, I mean, and again, I think my mental health is about my experience of the world and how Mm -hmm. I show up. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's just such a game changer to make that a priority. And it's like, show me your calendar, show me your budget and I'll show you what your priorities are. And I think- so a few mm-hmm. of us really live that
1: out. Have you ever, um, when it was time for you to have your sessions with your therapist or your coach, because you do it every week, so you do it regularly, have you ever felt like, um, maybe not now, but at any point when you were engaging in this 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 process said, Oh, well, I don't I don't well I don't know what we're gonna talk about this week. I don't really have anything going on, you know. And maybe, you know. I can skip this because there's nothing happening, you know, and I get that so much with folks and say, well, you know, I think maybe we should cancel our session this week because I'm good. There's nothing going on and I don't have anything to report. And I'm like, no, let's talk. And as soon as we start talking and just have a conversation, something comes up and something is highlighted. You know, so I'm just saying this again, there doesn't have to be anything wrong to do what's right for you and connect with the therapist.
0: Yes, absolutely. There doesn't have to be anything wrong. Like, but things as, as I'm talking about there, I, it happens to me it's not regular that I don't have anything to talk about. Like there's always mm-hmm. something, but like, and it's almost always the same stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm really working through like very similar issues every week. And I'm really grateful mm-hmm. that my therapist has a strong spiritual background. Cause for me, mm-hmm. it's really a lot about my spirituality and trusting mm-hmm. God. Um, mm-hmm. And like, it's just so interesting that once I get into the session stuff comes out, it's whatever needs mm-hmm. to happen. um, mm-hmm. And it's just continuing to show up for it because, so frequently, I think we think we know what's best, but mm-hmm. like our best thinking is what got us in the mess in the first place. So like, yes, <laughs> you just that. and you know, not everybody's therapist is right for them. And if you feel like you're stagnating or whatever, mm-hmm. like maybe it's time to move on and that's okay. But mm-hmm. like, I really believe in the showing up for your mental health every week and mm-hmm. letting it, because I've just seen, you know, in this time of the pandemic I've really reflected on my life and I can see the times where I did not have therapy and how that affected me and the times I did have therapy and how that helped me move forward with more mm-hmm. peace and security. Mm-hmm. Like, cause there's so like when you're traumatized um, as I was as a kid, a lot um, like your, your sense of security is just ripped away from you. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the biggest thing I have to repair is just my sense of security in my, in my body, in mm-hmm. my, Brain, in my life, and like, mm-hmm. how do I nurture this sense of security within myself? And that, I think, is the work of of mental health. Because so frequently, my brain wants to trick me into thinking that I'm not safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but actually, I'm here. I'm safe. Mm-hmm. My favorite mm-hmm. thing to do is just touch my body and say, "I'm here. I'm safe."
1: Mm-hmm. And like you said, healing. And uh, um, I think that's also what you said. All. Therapists or all cultures are not a match for everyone. Mm-hmm. You have to find someone that's a match for you. Mm-hmm. And again, in my book, I kind of give you an outline of how to figure that out. But once you find that match, you don't have to worry about what's going to come up and what's going to come come out. And it, you will. That match includes um, understanding that your therapist, your coach, and you are on equal planes. There's no, you know, up or down. I'm better, I'm greater because I'm hearing you talking. No, you're just like kind of mirror reflections of each other. People have misconceptions about therapists and and coaches. They think their therapists or their coach don't have any problems. And, you know, all of these things. And what the coach or the therapist does is... Lead by example, you know, try to show you how you can embrace these things with life and move on. You know, I do in my coaching, you know, I do personal and professional development. That means um, academic, that means career, that means emotional, it means the whole gamut relationships, it means communication, you know, on every level. And when i tell tell people where you go there you are you take you everywhere you go and your therapist your coach you're the expert you're the expert of your life you're the expert of your journey we just are like the professional tour guides we're human too but we are professional tour guides. We try to help you get over those river rocks and those stumbling blocks, you know, as they come up in your life, but it's your life. And the therapist or the 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 coach don't fix it for you. They guide you through it. They support you. You need to climb that tree. They hold you up and give you a little boost. And then you get up there and they cheer you on. Yeah, you made it, you know. But I want to, I'm saying that so folks can you know, get that misconception about who they are sitting in the room with out of their their mind. Because the therapist and the coach is not the miracle. You are your miracle. Mm-hmm. You showing up is the miracle because you create the change. We give the tools, you learn how to use them.
0: Yeah. And if you don't use the tools, you're just, I don't know, not moving forward, not changing. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Um, Any other tips for mental health and wellness?
1: Well, I believe, um, again, what I said, where you go, there you are. You just show up you. And that's the only person that you can be is you. And the thing, when I said in the beginning, the most important thing is, being okay, not being okay. thing out of your own way, understanding life is not fixed. It is truly not fixed. You know, it is like you are here and you will have these experiences and some of them will work for you in manners that you can see and enjoy and embrace. And some of them will cause you challenges But even when something is the most difficult, and I want whoever's listening to hear this, when you arrive at that place in your life that things are the most difficult is when you are going to push that button to start living your best life. Because when things are the most difficult, you start to create the most change it gives you an opportunity to look at who you really are right here right now in this moment and and where you can take you from there and how the unfolding of who you are because see when we get have anxiety um anxiety is let me just explain it um you got you have anxiety and you you have depression okay those are what most foundational things stem from is your anxiety or your depression okay the anxiety and depression comes from a place of the unknown mm. and comes from the place of feeling stuck okay Usually when you feel stuck, you're having some type of depression. Usually when you're feeling anxiety, you, you just don't know. It's too much coming at you. You don't know how to make a decision. Both of those things come from the same part of the brain, which is amazing, okay? And so I tell folks, as a response to your environment, okay, You're going to respond to that depression, either with anxiety or anger. Mm. Anger is just an emotion. Okay? It's just an emotion. It's not a a, a behavior. It's an emotional response to something. And it's usually fear of not knowing. So what you do with it, you go down and... On the side, you have anxiety, okay? Anxiety, when you're feeling anxious, it feels like that you're inside of yourself and, and and you're bumping off the walls. It feel like, you know, in the bouncy things where you're always bumping off the walls, the rubber walls, the rubber room. That's what anxiety feel like because you won't let it come out because of what? Fear of being stigmatized, you know, being judged, Fear of somebody knowing something is wrong with you or just not knowing the outcome. So you hold on to it because that's familiar. And so anxiety is just bouncing off of your internal walls, not expressing whatever it is that's going on up in here. Okay? Anger is projecting of whatever that is. So now anxiety is internal response and anger is the external response. Anger is the thing that when you can't contain it within, now you project it on everything outside of you. And then you start making those things or those people be the problem. Okay, Anxiety, you hold it on and you say you are the problem. Do that make sense what I'm saying, Bevan? Totally. It's like an
0: internalized anxiety versus the internalized. Because anxiety is almost like anger towards yourself.
1: Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Exactly, And I'm saying this so people can understand what it is that you might be dealing with. If you feel like you can't breathe, you're sweating, you know, all those things, you you know, you're shaking, your blood pressure's up, all those things, and you don't know how to let it go. That's usually anxiety. Mm -hmm. When folks come up and say they have angry outbursts and things like that, it's because that same anxiety now you're projecting externally. So it's external anxiety and we're going to call it anger. And all of that is in response to something. It can be fear. It could be depression. It can be something. Depression is simply, and I am not disrespecting my field. I have a doctorate in clinical psychology, but I want to make it simple for folks to understand. Depression, Depression is exactly what that says. Pressing, depressing. You're pushing the experiences down inside of you. You're pushing it down. And it's just like with anything else. Once it gets so tight, it's gonna pop. And it's either gonna pop internally, anxiety, or externally, anger. And we don't do anything about it because of fear of the unknown. So we hold on to that depression We hold on to that anger. We hold on to that that anxiety because it's so familiar, even though we know it's not working. So don't be afraid to step outside of yourself. Step outside of yourself. Just like you were saying, you write it down, even writing it down gives you some type of relief because you're not carrying it around. If you can write down what you feel and look at it, now you get to look at that and say, oh, well I can do this with that you know it's just like I tell people about success when people say oh I just want to be successful my definition of successful goes for any and everything not just your career not just your academia my definition of success is simply that time in your life when you do the most growing is what when you have those challenges right So to be successful, that means you are able to embrace your life challenges and create opportunities out of them. So whenever you are able to embrace a challenge or something that you consider negative and create or see the growing opportunity in it, then you are living a very successful life. Because- Every time you do that, you evolve to the next level. You evolve to the next level. You get to breathe easier. You sleep better. The sun is brighter. The flowers are prettier because you don't have that shade over you.
0: Yeah. And I think something I also want to highlight too, is like, you don't have to wait for a breakdown in order to seek mental health and wellness and Mm -hmm. in order to Mm because you can kind of get out ahead of changes if you can like actually be self-aware enough to recognize like Mm -hmm. oh things are happening and and in life like pain is is I think part of life right we're not promised a life without pain but the suffering part is the option um, and it's really how you deal with the pain, exactly how, mm-hmm. what you said, like how you embrace those challenges, um, mm-hmm. and see them as opportunities, which like is so trite, but it's real, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're giving you an opportunity to level up in your life. But I really just want to really normalize people. Like even when you're comfortable, even when it's not, cause I always call the times in my life, um, shit storms when it's like one mm-hmm. day after another, after another, after another, and eventually the shit storm will end. Uh, But it always seems Mm -hmm. to happen in these seasons of Mm shitstorms. And Mm -hmm. so, like, if you can be in the non-shitstorm season of your life and still be, like, kind of processing and getting into your mental health and wellness Mm -hmm. and focusing on that, it's going to just set you up for more success next time something Mm -hmm. comes to broadside you. Because it's just going to, yeah. And Uh, I want to
1: highlight also, uh when I say challenges, all challenges are not negative. All challenges are not bad. You know, you can have a good life, a great life. It's all about your perception of whatever's going on, you know. And and when I say challenge, challenge just simply means something that you have a desire to do something other than what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's very intense and sometimes it's not. Challenge is just about change, and change is the most consistent thing in our life change is more consistent than breathing oh my god one thing for absolutely sure change is going to occur if you are breathing or not you know now you're not breathing so we're going to bury you you know so change is the most consistent thing and if you're able to go with the flow of the change which i call challenges and embrace them then they're not as bad and i'm not being polyamorous at all Mm -hmm. it's just i'm being real if you resist change then you have a struggle if you embrace your change then it's simply just another challenge you know and folks look at me and, and in my life i've had so many um challenges you know um From the loss of loved ones to, you know, wanting to hike up Mount Everest or whatever, you know, because it's all on the spectrum to me, it's all on the spectrum is how you respond to it. And so I was at a a place in my life, you know, I do life work, and I just want to speak about embracing challenges and they don't all have to be negative to give you even more joy and freedom in living. You know, decent job, make decent money, um, go on vacations, you know, have really nice things and, you know, stuff that people live or die to live for. You know, I, I have that stuff. And I still um, felt like I needed something else and not quite sure of what that else may be. That's a challenge. I I didn't have to have a problem where I was hungry or homeless or, you know, the things when you start thinking about challenges, I wasn't having those things at all. Those are easier to deal with to me than the challenge of, "Mm, what should I do now? You know? Where do I go from here? Do I buy a bigger house, a bigger car, go on more elaborate, luxurious vacations? You know, I've traveled through the world a few times. Do I go back again and go in the other direction? Those are more challenging than the loss of the house, uh, uh, need a job. Or uh, do that make sense? You, you know? Yeah. And, and I reached that place. You know, I was approaching retirement age. And I was like, okay, now this is for real. How do you, what is retirement? What really is retirement? What does that really mean? Okay, and what's been socially projected and accepted, you work until you reach a certain amount of, a certain age, usually around 65-ish, you know, and fully at like 70, then you don't have to worry about some of the tax things and all that kind of stuff, you know, and I was approaching that age and I was like okay based on my physical health and my emotional health because you know as you age you know your brain your body everything starts to to, to change you know even when you're doing all of the right things it's still going to change what did I say change is the most consistent thing that we have okay and yet have to embrace it so I was trying to discover where do I go from here people were saying to me they were like Tanya or Dr. Tanya, you work, the work you do, you don't have to worry about standing on your feet or you don't have to worry about doing this. You can work from anywhere. You can do this. You can do that. So why are you worried about retiring? Because, you know, you, 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 you doing and you, you're doing your life's work, what you say you want to do. And I say yes to all of that. However, I still had this something that felt very unsettled to me. it I've always been a free spirit. You've known me for many, many years. And I've always tried to do the things that wasn't the norm. You know, remember when I used to come to camp and dig fire pits with long red nails? <laughs> and my challenge was not to break my nails, you know. But I had to figure out how do I approach this paradigm shift in my life to not limit my life, but to embrace more living, you know, to expand my life in essence. So what I did was say, "Where am I going to do? Where do I want to go? How can I be free? And I've always enjoyed camping. I mean, my entire life, since I was about 12 years old, Camping has been my love. I mean, the most free and relaxed I've ever felt is sleeping down in the darn woods. It didn't matter the weather, the rainstorms. Again, uh, that the difficult stuff is kind of easy. It's the other stuff that's not so easy, you know? And I decided that I wanted to live in an RV. And the only reason why I decided to do an RV is because with age, tent camping is not quite, you know, workable for me all the time. You know, I have arthritis and my knees don't always want to work. And, you know, so I had to try to make myself comfortable being comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I got an RV and that was the most amazing thing. And I want folks to understand, I'm saying this, I want to share this story because I feel like what you put in the universe we're all energy and what we put out is what we're going to get back so whatever the limitations are you know or whatever that's you set your own limits it doesn't matter the bar that somebody else has set and we keep striving towards you set your own limits you know you create your haves and your have-nots yourself Mm -hmm. so when i decided that I wanted an RV, I had saved some money. This is real funny. The society that we live in, you know, financially driven. And I did, you know, I looked at the prices of RVs and things. And I said, okay, well, if I save this amount of money, this is like half of what I'm looking to pay. So if I can go get somebody half, then I won't have any problem getting an RV. I started going looking. And they laughed me right out of the dealership with my half. Now, you know, the RBs run about $50,000 and up, mm-hmm. you know, used ones and new ones. It just depends. You know, yeah. you can find something under $50,000, but you might have to do a lot with it, you know, to bring it to par, you know, and then it's according to what you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted something that I, I've always had the desire to live somewhere And when I got tired of living there, just go somewhere else. You know, I could have lived a backpacker life, you know, just my home is where I lay. That has always been like my dream and my fantasy. So buying an RV gave me that, you know, my home is wherever I lay. I stopped then, you know, side of the road, that's my home for the night because I'm driving my house. Okay. Mm -hmm. But A closed mouth, don't get fed, and this goes for your mental health, and I want folks to understand, when I say, when you open your mouth and say, this is what's going on, there's some energy somewhere that's going to connect to that and going to pick that up, and that's what happened to me after they laughed me out of the dealership. I could have easily said, okay, well, I guess I can't get an RV. It wasn't that my credit wasn't good. I have a very, very good credit rating. My income level was excellent, but I I haven't followed the normal tracks in life of, you know, financing this or financing that outside of my car. So they didn't have anything to take from me if I didn't pay. Mm. I didn't have anything for society to say, well, I'm going to give me that because you didn't pay for that. And my credit rating says I pay for everything because I got a very high score. Okay, so that's why they left me out, because I didn't have any assets that they could attach the loan to, Mm. even though I had half of the money. So I didn't feel defeated. I felt confused. Mm. And so in my confusion... Like you say, get out of your head and start writing. I start writing what it is that I really wanted in the RV, how much money I would need to get it, how long would it take to save to have that thing. So instead of paying the dealer, I start paying myself so much money every month until I I didn't spend what I had to put down. I just start saving and adding to it because, again. I don't look at rejection as something bad, be it a relationship or be it being rejected for the loan. I think it's the universe telling you no when you cannot tell yourself no when you need no. Sometimes we need no, you know. And so rejection is the universe doing you a favor, saying, okay, this is a no now. And then you take that and you look at it. And so that's what I did. And I saved my money. So I was talking to someone on the phone and I was saying, hey, I'm looking for an RV. I don't know anything about them, but I know they all have truck engines. Mm -hmm. So if I find one, do you think your father would look at it for me? Because the father was a truck mechanic. And, oh yeah, sure. Ask dad. Dad say, oh, no problem. When you get it, just let me know." know. I said, I'll pay you everything. I just need to make sure even if I need to fix the body up, the engine is good. Within a week of putting that out there, I get another call that's saying, um, I have a friend that's selling their RV, and um, but they don't live in, in, in California. They live in Arizona. Again, you have to open yourself up. Not just emotionally and physically, it might even be geographically to get whatever it is you need in life to be successful. So I spoke with the person that was selling the RV. Here it is, this lovely older man. And um, this touched on so many things for me because we're in a pandemic for one, and then we're having all this racial unrest, and then we have all this political stuff going on, right? this experience getting my RV covered all of that, you know, here it is. Now I got this older guy that's selling an RV and he was on the opposite side of politics than I am. And, um, he's on the opposite side of racial physical appearance than I am. And he was, um, older in age and in ability. And, When I spoke with him, um, it was an instant connection. It was an instant connection. I mean, right now, I speak with him basically every week. When I go in that area, I make sure we connect, we go out, we eat. I go to his house, he cooks for me. You know, so I didn't only gain an RV. I gained a new family member, not just a friend. He's like a family member, you know? And um, I say this because we have to get out of our own ways on so many levels. Now I have this beautiful Class A limited edition, mind you, (laughs) dolphin RV made by National. And it's a 35-footer. I never slept in an RV outside of a rainstorm in Michigan, okay? Okay. I had never slept in an RV, never rode in an RV. I mean, literally in an RV while I was moving, never did that and never drove an RV or anything near it. But the universe delivered me this big old home on wheels. It came at the right price. It was more than I could pay, but because we had this connection this person he wanted me to have this the RV. So we came up with something that was affordable for him and myself. And actually he's been to visit the RV about 4 times since I bought it. He's come to a couple places that I stayed and we went out and had lunch together at the RV, you know, cooked at the RV. So it's like he still gets to visit the RV. He taught me everything about an RV, you know, all of the tanks and the lights and the meters, he did all of that. And I'll never forget the day I went to pay him for the RV, he says to me, he says, so when was the last time you drove one of these? And I said, "Um, never. (laughs) He goes, well, how are you gonna buy an RV and you can't drive it? Who's gonna drive it? I said, me. He said, but you never drove one. I said, well, you never drove one either until you first drove it. So after I get it, then I guess I'll learn how to drive it. He said, okay, I'll tell you what we're gonna do here, Tanya. He calls me Tanya, <laughs> okay, <laughs> in his Italian accent. He took me for a test drive because I had never seen the RV, only in videos and pictures, right? And so, of course, I went out, flew out to Arizona to meet the RV. So we were in the RV. He drove this RV for like miles, long way. And I'm saying to myself, okay, this is a long test drive because now you're going on the side streets, you're going in the hilly, narrow streets, and now you're on the freeway. And then he gets off and then he says, okay, here. And I'm like, what's this? He's, you're going to drive us back. And he drove out about 30 or 40 miles from where we were. And I got behind the seat and I drove that, this RV and I've never stopped driving it since. So again, you have to embrace your challenges. You know, you have to put out the miracle of life for yourself. You have to light that candle for yourself. Nobody's gonna do it for you, but if you do it, somebody's gonna be there to reach out and reach towards you on that journey. Be it a friend, be it a coach, be it a therapist, open yourself up to your possibilities of living. And that's my story about miracles and getting from where I was to where I wanted to be. I didn't know what I needed, but once I realized I needed freedom, and freedom to me just simply meant being able to get up and go from one place to the other when I wanted to do something different. I'm tired of looking at what's outside my window. I go to change the scenery. You know if I'm tired of what it looks like in here, I go buy a different pillow or some different rugs or it created my sense of freedom. I have gotten an opportunity to meet the most amazing people. And this is what I'm telling you. It just doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't, it's about just opening yourself up to the possibility of living because there's somebody that reached reach back. I would have never thought that I would have gotten an RV under these circumstances. I never thought getting an RV, I would get a new family member. I mean, I have, it increased my self-esteem, man. <laughs> it increased my level of confidence. Uh, it let me know that if you really want something, you can have it. All you gotta do is tell yourself yes and the universe will respond. You know, I just, I don't know what more to say, but it, it begins with you to do self-validation. you cannot wait on somebody else to give you permission to live. You must self validate. Even when you feel bad, you have to say i'm I, I'm not feeling myself quite here. I'm, I'm I need to get some help. That's self-validation. That's self-validation. you know.
0: Dr. Tanya Gilbert, you're such a gift. Thank you for sharing all of this, especially the RV story. I just love when miracles come through because the last time we connected last May on the podcast, I remember, I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or if it was just in passing, but you were like excitedly pursuing an RV lifestyle, but not knowing how it happened. And I just love this story. I love how it came through for you and just remember Mm -hmm. everybody like. Rejection is life's protection and frequently you just got to start writing down your visions and you just don't know the incredible mm-hmm. journey that it's going to take you on to, to mm-hmm. achieving them. So Dr. Tanya Gilbert for Change Online, I'll put links down in the show notes about how you can find her, get that book, um, mm-hmm. the free resource of, uh, what's it called? Show it again. One last Oh, one. my book? Yeah, your book. This is the book. Feeling stuck? Don't ask a friend. Hire a life coach. Life coaching made simple. It'll give you lots of tools and resources. Mm -hmm. Dr. Tanya Gilbert is a gift. Thank you for being in my life. I love you so much, Gemini Queen. Happy birthday.
1: Thank you. Happy birthday. I am just so, I'm always so excited, you know, about our conversations because they're so rich and they're so, uh, authentic you know when you said can you get on the call I'm like oh yeah you know because I don't have to do anything but be me
0: that's the best that's it. way to be just show up and be you oh,
1: I love you Tanya thank you so much thank you